field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player for another ceremony. No, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in. Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage of New England professional sports. You can follow CLNS on social media, uh, at CLNS Radio on Twitter. Facebook is just search CLNS fans. Uh, of course, don't forget to download the CLNS Radio free mobile podcast app for iOS and Android as well. You can just search CLNS and you'll find it there, of course. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Please rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. That'd be amazing. Uh, as we love, as we're getting closer and closer to opening day, we want to get this in front of as many people as possible. Uh, looking to grow this summer as the Red Sox are searching for uh, more than f- a couple games in the playoffs. We're making a push, and uh, guys, two weeks away. Snow still on the ground here in Boston, but two weeks from today, as we record this, the Red Sox will be playing a game at Fenway Park for real. It's so exciting because we have this show and our show next week, and that is it for preseason. And it just makes me so excited that in two weeks we're going to be talking regular season baseball. I'm sure there's still going to be snow on the ground in two weeks, but it's just another like positive sign that spring is here, even though it's the first day of spring. doesn't seem like it, but with baseball right around the corner, it's really starting to feel like spring. Yeah, I don't believe it. As long as there's snow on the ground, it's <laughs> not baseball happening. Just as like liar. You're not saying that's not happening. <laughs> opening day will be delayed, folks, by six days. The opening day will actually be the next, the following Sunday. Oh. I would back. cry. <laughs> you might go into a fetal position in the corner somewhere and just wait until they announce the actual opening I, day if that ever happened. I revolved my schedule around opening day. Like last year, Ask Jess, I made my shifts between two of my jobs so I wouldn't miss opening day. And turns out they had to postpone it because of the weather. So I ended up working all day. The next day, I worked all day Tuesday. Did, did you go to work at like work 6 a.m.? Like 5 a.m. Yeah, I or had something? To, I had to work, yeah, Monday at that Monday at 5 a.m. And then I worked 5 to 9. Then I worked 10 to 3. So we could get home for the game or whatever we worked. But no. Nope, yeah. Yep. The weather oh, ruined fantastic. my plan. So that's so it was great. awful. <laughs> yeah, that was um, It's, well, yeah, hey. Yeah. It's definitely probably going to happen, so you're good. I think you'll be okay. Um, I don't think there's any snow in the forecast, and it's two weeks away, so who knows. But uh, No, there's me- snow in the forecast for next week. <laughs> for next week, yeah, but it doesn't mean the week yeah. after, so we don't know that far uh, in advance yet. But um, it's exciting news. I mean, this will be last of a few here, uh, half-hour ep- episodes before we move back to our full, uh, full-length episodes. Jess's recap comes back into play. All exciting stuff. Um, but... That being said, we are still in spring training. We are still moving forward here um, as a show, talking about stuff that's going on in spring training. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is the Drew Pomerantz situation because uh, he did leave his game in his start with tricep tightness. He apparently woke up today and felt fine, and uh, it seems like they're not worried about it. But 
obviously we know the Red Sox are good at covering things up and if they really want to, but um, are you guys worried at all about Drew Pomerantz? Because I know, for me, um, he has a past. You know, he's had elbow issues, and that, that was a concern coming into the season. So seeing that he's hurt and had to come out of the game for an issue, um, I don't know how long he's going to last this season. I mean, it's definitely a little concerning because we're so close to the season. I mean, I know we've talked before back in, you know, beginning of March and February where we're like, nah, we're not worried. It's so early in the spring. But, I mean, I think what's kind of a saving grace in the situation that it's not his elbow, it's a tricep thing. And I know triceps, whether it's a strain or even if you just kind of pull one, it, it's painful because of like, obviously where it's located. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I'm worried, but. Like I said, it's really close to the season, so I'm starting to get a little more worried about injuries and when players come out early, especially later in spring training when they're supposed to be going deeper into games, throwing more pitches. So it doesn't seem like this is going to hinder anything. Farrell said he's on track to keep throwing, make his next start and all that. So I guess it's just kind of a wait and see day by day kind of thing. Yeah, I was uh, getting ready to write my player to watch for on Drew Pomerantz article. And then he got pulled from the game, and I was like, wow, this might change things. So I held off on it, and I still don't know what to do. I guess he's fine. I'll wait another day and make sure he's okay. But uh, it definitely changed things for me. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully nothing's wrong. Um, yeah, it's a little concerning because he has had some history with, with uh, this kind of crap. So we'll just hope it's nothing. And, man, he's so important to the team, and I'm just going to talk about how important to the team he is in the piece. So I hope he is important to the team and stays healthy and actually pitches. Come on, Drew. And I've been reading a lot of stuff like and like listening to a lot of shows about it and uh, more listening than anything. People, just, A lot of people feel like he might be better off in the bullpen. But I can't imagine the Red Sox would want to admit defeat on him already and put him in the bullpen because of the fact that they did trade An- uh, Anderson Espinosa for this guy. And if you put Pomerant in the bullpen, I think at all this season, you're showing that you got a bullpen arm, maybe pitches every once in a while, for a guy who's going to be probably a decent pitcher in this league, if not a top pitcher, depending on what Espinosa becomes. That is something the Red Sox don't want to do right now. No, and I think, you know, when Carson Smith comes off the DL and comes back from his surgery, in July. <laughs> it, still, he's going to come back. And our, our bullpen, you know, we have Thornburg, we're going to have Smith, Kimbrell, we have Kelly in there, don't forget about him. You know, it's and I think it was Pomerantz who said he's not going to the bullpen. Like he's like, I'm a starter. This is what I came to do. I'm almost positive it was Pomerantz. I know we talked about it in the beginning of spring training, but I I don't think that. I mean, I shouldn't say I don't think that's going to happen. It's a long season; hasn't even started yet. But anything can happen. We saw a lot of weird things happen over the last two years. So, but like you said, you know, they gave up Espinosa for this guy who come to find out. You know, the Padres kept information about the trade and or information about the, the injury in the trade. And we could have traded him back, but we didn't. And I still stand by what I said when we found that out, that I think that says something about the Red Sox and their faith in Pomeran. So I, I think they're going to stick with him as a starter. I don't I think in the Red Sox mind, like the bullpen isn't an option for him. Yeah. The sheer fact they traded for him, you, you can't give up yet. It's just a year later. He wasn't even here for, for a full season. So you definitely got to give him a chance. If he gives you a reason to throw him in the bullpen, then fine. But if he gives you a reason to throw you in the bullpen, it's probably he's not getting the job done as a starter, which probably means that he's not going to get in the bullpen, which means that it's just <laughs> all over. So I don't really want to go down that path particularly. So 
yeah, let's just hope that he stays healthy, that they don't have to put him in the bullpen, and that the trade actually is a good one for us. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, Pomerantz saying healthy is huge, considering the fact that, you know, David Price is going to be starting the season on the DL most likely. It sounds like that's the case with only being two weeks away and his progress that he's made. Uh, Rick Porcello was named the opening day starter. Sale's going to pitch second. Uh, it was supposed to be that order with Price in the middle of those two. So now you slot them in. It looks like Erod's doing well. Um, starting pitching as a whole, I'm not. I'm a little concerned just because of the, the injury situation. But if and when people do get back to 100%, the rotation's going to be okay. Um, I'm not 100% worried because, you know, if David Price does come back um, pretty doing well from this and he just takes a little bit of time to rest this up before he comes back full strength, with those three there, you're good. And then the other two uh, to three guys back into the rotation, they're going to filter in, have bad games, rotate in and out, and be done with it. But you're going to have those top three um, with Porcello being named the opening day starter. You look to see how he does to set the tone come two weeks from tonight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm excited he got the opening day call. I think he deserves it. I don't think there's any way around that. He definitely deserves it after the season he had last year, and it kind of makes me excited. I'm going to the second game of the season, so get to see Sale in his first game. So good job, John Verrill, on doing that. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> but, you know, there's <laughs> – I knew he did. But, you know, there is that, that depth question where you know price on the dl pomeranz with his injury which we don't really know too much about at the moment but you got to think that you know we do have good good depth you know in the in the minors kyle kendrick has been pitching really well this spring and i know it's spring sometimes it could mean absolutely nothing brian johnson my old first love you know he is pitching not terrible not he's not on Kendrick's level right now but I think he would be you know god forbid we lose two pitchers then Kyle Kendrick's would go and then it would be Johnson over Henry Owens just because Henry Owens can't get it together Henry Owens is awful he's terrible (laughs) he's terrible he sucks and I don't think he's ever going to come out of that he's in his own head his issue is the command he can't but he can't find the strike zone can you say Daniel Bard 2.0 oh god Daniel Oh, that guy God. had so much promise. Valentine's yeah, with like him. Um, so, I was going to say, that was all Valentine's. That was all Valentine's fault. He was fine until they moved him. Um, I think, I, I, also, I know we've touched on this before because we kind of had an idea. Rick Borsello being the starter is the right decision for me. Now, is he going to be the best pitcher on the staff this year? Absolutely not. It's going to be Chris Sale. But that being said, it's still the right decision to start day one uh, with some expectations for the team this year. Porcello's pitched in Boston. Uh, opening day in the cold weather. I think Porcello will be fine. Sale will be fine no matter what. Um, and then who knows when Price comes in. But um, one thing I want to touch on, because I know we want to move on to other things too, but and this wasn't kind of in the plan, but I just want to ask you guys about Erod, because he's looked pretty good this spring. And I don't know if it's an effect of finally having a full spring training with the Red Sox. I think it's his first full actual spring training with the Red Sox. But he looks pretty good, and he seems to be kind of settling really nicely after everything you're seeing and everything you're hearing. It's definitely refreshing because I know we had a lot of doubts about him you oh, know, with the knee injury and then the whole World Baseball Classic thing. He was pulled from that, and then we find out he was asked to pitch in the second round, and the Red Sox said, no, you're not going. We took the decision out of his hands. So I think just really focusing on rehabbing his knee and focusing on pitching for the Red Sox, not worrying about pitching anywhere else this off season or this spring. And like you said, the full season with – with the Red Sox and everything, I think it's going to do 
wonders for him and he's still young and we know that he has really good potential so to see what he's accomplished this spring is definitely refreshing after you know I was definitely very negative on him about his knee and he like here we go again he's gonna start the season on the DL he's not gonna be the pitcher he's supposed to be but I'm definitely pleasantly surprised yeah um just because I don't want to admit defeat I'm still gonna say that I am not sold on him because I was also <laughs> so negative about him. I don't want to admit that I was wrong yet. I hope I was wrong, but I'm not willing to admit that. So, yes, he's looked good. Spring training can mean nothing. Rick Porcell's ERA was 9.77 last year in spring training, and now he's a man among boys. So, let's not get our panties in a bunch here. I think that I think that Erod could be good, but also he could just completely turn it around start thinking about his knee, and then start throwing like crap again. So, yes, it's encouraging. Yes, we really need him, especially if uh, if anybody besides Price, namely Pomerantz, uh, isn't pitching to start the year. We're really going to need the guy. So, boy, let's hope he's good, but I don't trust him yet. Yeah, I don't trust him yet either, but at the same time, you know, every spring he's pitched in either got hurt or he just didn't look good. Um and I, I, it's good to at least see some sort of promise from him. And um, this is a case of where we really do have to wait and see because once the real game's hit, he's going to be a key cog and he's probably going to be your number three starter um, coming out of spring training So with the David Price situation. So um, that's something that we really have to monitor. And obviously we'll keep you in the loop and obviously give you our thoughts and how we feel about it. But um, right now he's st- he's slotted in to probably be your number three coming out of the of spring training. So um, keep an eye there. One other thing we want to get to real quick before we kind of break down the prediction article that Justin, uh, the Red Sox B team, wrote um, is Pablo Sandoval because he looks really good this spring, guys. And I know it's spring training. I hate to get ahead of myself, but two homers in Saturday games. In Saturday's game, I know we had a couple doubles today as well. Um, guys, Pablo Sandoval has looked really comfortable at the plate, really comfortable in the field, um, hitting from both sides of the plate. I know I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, one, I have to as a Red Sox fan because he's really the only option they have for a consistent third baseman. But, And I know John Farrell has not really said he is the third baseman yet. So they, a couple of people have asked him that down there in Fort Myers, and he hasn't been committing to that. He's been saying he's working hard, but we're not going to get ready for that yet, but we're going to commit to nothing um, type attitude, which is good. It's the way he should be handling it. But Pablo Zandoval is working his way back into this Red Sox rotation as, as the starting third baseman, and he looks super comfortable on both sides of the plate, which is absolutely fantastic in my eyes. Yeah, he came into spring training looking a lot better than he did last year, and you know, I know I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on him. Like Jess isn't sold on Erod yet, but, and I, I like that Farrell has said that he hasn't committed to naming. Pablo the third baseman yet because I feel like if he did then in Sandoval's mind he'd be like okay I got the position like not that he would kind of slack in what he's doing but the the longer that Farrell pushes it out I feel the harder that Sandoval's going to work and that's going to keep him motivated to keep what he's doing now keep doing that into the regular season because we obviously are rooting for him we don't want him to fail and we don't have it a solid third base backup option. You know, we have Rutledge, Holt can play third. Clearly Xander Bogarts can play third that we've seen in the World Baseball Classic, but it's just we signed him to be our third baseman, and I think in order to build his confidence up, Farrell's doing the right thing with him. Yeah, I'm having trouble not getting excited about the guy. I don't want to I want to pump the brakes a little bit too cuz we don't know yet, but he's looked really good. He seems super motivated 
and I mean, who wouldn't be after the two garbage season this guy's had? So he should be motivated. He is motivated, and he's still playing well. I hope he's not using it all up in spring training. Save a little for the season, Pablo. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but if he keeps rolling like he's rolling now, then he's going to keep rolling throughout the season because he's looked real good. I'm pretty excited about it. I think he understands what this means to him and to, one, his reputation, and two, this team, because you know he did get his money, but he got his money, and now he's a, he was a fat lard. Like, we make jokes about his belt breaking, but he like he was big. And you, as Red Sox fans, you saw those pictures in the offseason. You really didn't know what to believe because any guy can take the weight off. But it's when you get back around the team and you kind of out of your your system that you were in all off season. He's come in, been putting the work in, been around the team even more now. Switch uh, going back to switch hitting, which I feel like was what got him to be so successful in the first place. So I feel like seeing him comfortable doing that again is a really good sign. Um, I was never worried about the defensive side of things. I was worried about the plate, and it seems like he's comfortable back there. Now we'll see what he looks like again come opening day, a couple weeks into a regular season game, and the colder weather, and all those things that will factor into that situation. But overall, guys, you have to be really, really happy with what you're seeing from Pablo Sandoval because of the fact that, you know, He's probably going to be your starting third baseman, despite the fact that we haven't heard anything from um, John Barrell yet. Oh, I mean, I'm definitely loving what I see. I love that he hit two homers on Saturday. I love that he looks happy. He looks healthy. And he seems to be just meshing well with the other teammates, which is obviously very positive to see. You don't want any kind of drama in the clubhouse that that whole Instagram drama he had two years ago and just felt very disconnected from the team. And then obviously last year, the whole debacle with his weight and missing you know, majority of the season, 90% of the season. So like you said, to see it now is, is great. And to mirror what Jeff said, I hope he's not just giving it all for the spring and then just kind of fades out during the season because we want this Panda in the regular season. (laughs) Yeah. He really lucked out by uh, them getting rid of Travis Shaw because obviously just opened third base right up and they said, Hey, they didn't say, but by trading Shaw, they basically said, Hey, it's your job now. Uh, because and, and getting rid of Moncada too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good point. Getting rid of both of them, they were basically just handing him the job. So he's without actually saying it. I know Farrell hasn't specifically said yet, which is good. But, I mean, it's obviously his job. They basically said that without saying it. Yeah, no, they won't say it. Um, and that's something where you, you'll hear that next week or, the, or right before uh, the spring games, and you'll, that's when they'll start to officially announce it, but you won't hear that anytime soon. Uh, you're listening to Red Sox Beat Podcast on CLNS Radio. Of course, our opening segment is powered by the SeatGeek the Seat Geek ticketing app, the smartest and easiest way to build and sell sports and concert tickets. Get a $20 rebate on your first purchase by downloading the free SeatGeek app to your phone. Go to the settings tab and click Add a Promotion Code and enter the code um, RSB in your code, all one word for a $20 rebate. And so SeatGeek knows who sent you, if you um, and that'll give you that $20 rebate. Um, and that'll be able to help you, help you out. You know, obviously, the playoffs are coming for Celtics situations in, in the Boston area. And, of course, come Red Sox opening days around the corner. And you can use SeatGeek to get your tickets. I know uh, we all do, so definitely check them out. Um, we have some MLB stuff to get to, but it's, it's the right time of year where the, the famous, the infamous article comes out and it came out uh it was today just i believe right um it was last, last night at about 11 o'clock okay so basically this morning um la- late late, yeah. late last night jess was digging through the trenches to put this article finally together format wise and it is up on clns uh radio.com if you haven't seen it 
Um, but that being said, it's the bold prediction article that we talked about last year and we went through last year and we did it again this year as a team. So um, the written guys did it and I'm going to have Jess take us through it because, you know, it's his beauty, it's his baby. Um, and Jess, a lot of interesting stuff going on in this article. Yeah, predictions are in the air. Uh, we got some good stuff. Our, uh, I'm not going to... Not going to give away our answers for the over-under, but the over-under categories we did were team wins, Rick Porcello wins, Mookie Betts homers, David Price hits allowed. I came up with that category before he got hurt, so it's not as, as good now, but it's still there for you to read. Uh, combined wins for Porcello, Price, and Sale. Game started at third for our, the man we just spoke about, Pablo Sandoval. Jackie Bradley Jr. average, Carson Smith ERA, 2017 All-Stars, and Clay Buckholtz wins with the Phillies. <laughs> Guess we did that. <laughs> Mike suggested, and I said, anyway, I can get Clay Buckholz in any article. I will do. So I did. Um, Gross. And then we have X-Factor, break, break, breakout player, team prediction, and three bold predictions. So we're going to focus on the bold predictions uh, here today, but make sure you check out everyone's answers for everything. Uh, we'll start with my bold predictions, just going over them and seeing how crazy we think they are. My first one was Dustin Pedroia will get 100 RBI. Am I crazy? Maybe. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I've seen crazier things happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, I, I would be more surprised if, say, like um, Mookie Betts got there. For, I wouldn't be surprised if Mookie Betts got there first, uh, especially because Pedroia's hitting leadoff this year most likely. But that being said, it's a very good bold prediction if you're sticking to the team of the article. <laughs> no, I, I do like that prediction a lot. Um, Pedroia's not really somebody I gave a lot of thought to going into a bold prediction article, to be completely honest. Um but I do think he's really going to step up in the absence of Ortiz. And I think that's going to come in the form of, you know, pushing runs across the plate, much like Ortiz did. So I don't think you're that crazy for making a prediction like that. I think that's it's definitely within reach. Yeah, I mean, his career high is 91. He's gotten in the 80s a couple times and it's going to be hard to lead off. But I know they're they're trying to focus more on stolen bases and hit and runs and stuff. And he'll be a prime hit and run guy. Got enough guys to get on base, he drives them in. And like Lauren said, which I didn't even mention in my article, but not having Ortiz's, um, well, actually, no, I did mention that, but more is like the leadership role of like being that player to do that. I feel like I feel like he could. It's a lot to ask at 33 years old out of him, but I'm I'm rolling with it, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, and my other one, another interesting one, um, actually, me and Mike both made the same bold prediction, which is really freaky, but. We both predicted that Joe Kelly would take over for Craig Kimbrell as closer. I'm not sure if his was because of injury. He didn't specify in it. But I think that Kimbrell's going to get hurt at some point, and Kelly's going to take over for him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to take over for him if he's not hurt. But if he gets hurt, I think he'll take over for him. That would be a really interesting change of events, wouldn't it? It I, absolutely would be. Like, I, I think... think... Sorry, Gather. Well, Kelly's, well, Kelly's got the velocity. We've seen it. We've seen that he's got good stuff. But... I mean, in a closing role, I don't. I mean, I know this is bold prediction, and like you said, Jess, you think if Kimbrel's going to get hurt, that's what would happen. So it, you know, it's a stretch, but nothing, you know, crazier things have happened. But I think that puts a lot of pressure on Kelly if he were to be a closer. I don't think him being closer is any good for that guy. I just feel like he's a very good, you know, relief pitcher or a, you know, a long relief pitcher as well, because we know we can go four or five innings. Yeah, I um, Joe Kelly doesn't have the mental makeup to be a closer. I wish he did. Um, I, I mean, he might he might eventually. And I mean, who knows? By the time if Kimbrel did get hurt, he might be okay. But um, it's not a terribly bold prediction, only because I feel like that would be the obvious choice. 
just if he's throwing well at the time, I feel like he would have the, the stuff to do it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to go there. I mean, would there be any other option? Like, who else would they put in that spot? I mean, I'd put Thornburg or Smith in before Kelly, just because his head's not on straight. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, the mental aspect's the problem for me. If he wasn't a mental case, yeah. then he could easily be a closer, but... Exactly, because of his velocity. That's why I kind of thought it was more bold, because he wouldn't be my first pick to be the closer, but I feel like he might be their first pick just because he throws 100 miles per hour. So, yeah, I guess Mike thought the exact same thing, which is very interesting to me. Uh, Lauren, let's go to yours, and because you're you and you wrote it, how about you talk about two of yours? <laughs> uh, well, two of mine, my, I guess I'll go with my, my second bold prediction that I made is that Jackie Bradley will be traded um, I don't really. I don't think I specified by the deadline or not, but I think. Oh, obviously, you'll be traded by the deadline. But, um, you know, I really thought he was going to be traded last season. Um, when everything was going down, I, when we there, there were you know, there's trade rumors, there's trade talks all through July, and I think this year will be the year he gets traded. I think he's young enough. I think he's a great trade bait, even though he's not having a great spring we know the kind of player he can be even though he can be streaky he can also be extremely consistent we saw that with a 29 game hit streak last season um and I think you know what it comes down to is I've heard people talk like oh they should trade Mookie over JBJ or they should trade someone else over JBJ the thing is with Mookie he's gonna hit 300 for the next seven years you don't want to get rid of somebody like that and with somebody like JBJ you want you, you you know, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. You know you'll get streaks of consistency, and then you'll know you're going to get streaks of inconsistency. But I think if he builds up a season kind of like he did in the first half of last season, he's going to be gone, and we're going to get somebody, you know, somebody really good. Because if we're going to give up JBJ, whether it's a straight trade or whether it's him and whoever we have left in our farm system, it, I just think he's going to be gone. Wouldn't surprise me yeah. by any means. Um, just if you need something or what you have coming up, if you really need to get that extra uh, situational player down the sh- um he would be a key ca- a key trend candidate for sure. Yeah, I could see it happening. I don't necessarily want it to because he's so valuable with his defense. But it, yeah, it's like, is he going to hit two fifties or he hit three fifty? He hits he hits three forty five for like a couple months last year, and then all of a sudden he hits two hundred the rest of the season, drops to two sixty seven, and then he hits twenty six home runs. Now, who would have expected that guy to hit twenty six home runs? So it's like you don't know if you're going to get three hundred average. You don't know if you're going to get ten homers or thirty homers. You don't know if you're going to get sixty RBI or hundred RBI. It's just so hard to know with him. And you should get a lot for him at this point between his defense and what he has shown he can do, not consistently, but can do on offense. I think it would be good. He would be good. Good trade bait. I hate to see him go, but it could happen if they need if they need if something if some particular position you know starting bullpen whatever needs help. Then yeah, he might be he might be going. Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, I predicted it, so I can definitely see him going. <laughs> um, I mean, my other two aren't terribly bold, but I'll go with that. David Price will win his first playoff game as a starter. Um, that is very bold, actually. I don't know about that. <laughs> that is stupidly bold because I don't think it's going to happen. So he he's had eight chances to get it, and he has yet to do so. And you know, last season he went up against a really strong Indians team, but. Um, no one predicted how we would end the season last year, but I think, you know, I think 
with people like Porcello and especially somebody like Sale who has that no yes attitude, who he's not going to take this sensitive little Sally crap from Price. I think it's really going to help Price's mentality. And I really think, you know, down the road going into the playoffs, Sale is going to pull Price aside or he's going to give him some kind of pep talk or just even just maybe just a scary look. And he's going to go out and he's, you know, he's going to, he's going to win a game and it's going to be great. And he's going to go crazy on Twitter. And I, I can't wait for, for him to win the first game and just for Twitter to absolutely just go crazy. Like it's one of the only times like I'll just completely enjoy social media is when he'll win his first playoff game. So I can just see the reactions of everyone. Yeah, I think that actually Sale might go after him with a pair of scissors to scare him. <laughs> and, and the scary look. The combination of the scissors and the scary look he's going after him with. I love it. Yep. I, I agree. Yeah. I, think he might, I think he might win a playoff game. I mean, I'm hoping that there will be enough playoff games to give him multiple chances to win a playoff game. That would help his cause, for sure. But he's got to be pitching first, so, you know, stay healthy, maybe. So, a couple facts have to go into it. But definitely going deep in the playoffs would help his cause. So, we'll see about that. Um... For Lars's bold predictions, uh, when he said Andrew Benintendi's going to win the batting title for the AL, is he insane or is that possible? If anything, if anything, he's going to win like Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't know about batting title. I definitely see him winning Rookie of the Year. He is the top prospect in baseball, but um, the batting title will be tough. Seeing you know all the guys who are so talented around the league, and uh, you could see a lot of people. You could even see Mookie Betts win the batting title this year. So. Very, very bold prediction. Put it that way. No, I mean, I do think it's definitely bold. Do I think he's crazy? No, because, you know, I, I said this about Benintendi's debut, that he has the plate patience of a saint. Like, there have been times I've watched this guy at the plate, and I'm yelling at the TV because he didn't swing at something, and then he swings, you know, four pitches later, and he's got a stand-up triple, or he's got an RBI double. And so I don't think it's a crazy prediction i think it's possible but i you know i think the rookie of the year is of course possible too i don't think that that's out of reach but i think batting title is is definitely up there for benintendi yeah it might be a bit of a stretch uh but the guy's got a world of talent and he could be really good i don't know if it'll be too too many expectations to start the season like the guy saying he's gonna hit like 360 with 35 homers and 130 rbi (laughs) he was nuts i don't know what he was up up with but on the opposite side actually let's just quickly jump to one of adam's bold predictions because it has to do with the same guy adam said that andrew benintendi is going to end up back in the minors and not for a rehab stint but for actually playing because there's too many expectations on him and he's going to slump that's the complete opposite side of the spectrum <laughs> which one's more likely i guess is my question oh i mean i hate saying that him going to triple a is more predictable because of his age and you know first full year with the Red Sox being being a rookie and all that. But, you know, part of me thinks that it's going to be the batting title that's that's more predictable or, you know, more sensible kind of a thing because, you know, like we've talked about, he's the number one prospect in baseball, the plate patience, just the maturity he has at such a young age and the seriousness he takes in playing the game, I think, overlaps anything about, you know, him being young, I don't think he's underdeveloped. I don't think there's any, I think he's developing way ahead of track, which is, which is great. I just don't want him to, you know, hit his peak way too early, but I don't think him going to AAA is going to happen. I hope it doesn't for any reason, but I think the batting title is, is more realistic. I don't want to compare 
Benintendi to like Chris Bryant because I don't think they're on the same level. But it leaving Andrew Benintendi in AAA would let, or putting him in AAA would be like putting Chris Bryant in AAA. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like there, he's a type of talent that needs to be in the majors to really get it. And you saw last year how fast he came up through the ranks. Like an entire season went by and he got through every level of minor league baseball. Like that doesn't happen often. So. The fact that he's in, he did that, he, he, he's not going to go into Triple H. That would make no sense. Yeah, I agree. He he seems so in control of his game and so, so like, on top of his stuff last year. Didn't seem like the kind of guy who would go to Triple A. So that would be very bold because I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, back to Lars, one of his other ones was Kyle Kendrickson become a regular in the starting rotation. Obviously, injuries and and long injuries would have to happen for this. Sounds like he might not be too high on the uh, David Bright Price bandwagon of uh, of uh, getting off the DL anytime soon. But Kendrick's pitched really well, so I think he definitely would be the first one to the rotation. I guess the question just is, is there going to be space for him? Um, you don't know because you don't know what's going on with Pomeranz. Um, Erod could slip off a cliff anytime soon, but... I like what Kendricks have done has done this spring. Um, he deserves a spot. I don't know if this is going to be a situation where he's being showcased for another team. Um, you know, he might not even pitch here this year. So that's a, that's a really have to be like a play by the year. What's the going on come opening day situation? Who's hurt? Who's not? Maybe Pomerantz is there but doesn't get his first start and Kendricks makes it. You don't know what's going to go on there. But it's nice to have Kendricks pitching so well because of the fact that you can have him there in case something happens. Yeah, I mean, he might be on that roster come opening day, depending on, you know, Pomeranz Price and even, you know, Rodriguez, even right. You know, it's you never know what can happen between now and April 3rd. And a lot can happen in two weeks. And um, I don't think that's I mean, I think it's very bold. Absolutely. I don't think it's a stretch because of how he's pitched this spring. And I think regardless of if he starts in AAA or if he starts here, He's going to shine, and he's going to really – He's maybe he's going to be good trade bait down the line, or maybe he's going to be the fourth or fifth starter. We, Like Jared says, kind of go wait and see kind of thing. Yeah, he's a good guy to have back there in case in case we do need him, so I'm happy about that. Uh, over to Nick Qualius. His predictions weren't that bold. He didn't do this last year with us because he joined in the middle of the year, so – he didn't go quite as crazy as some of us do, but I'm going to pick one of his. He said Erod is going to be a sub-350 pitcher this season. I'd say if he's healthy, then he should be a sub-350 pitcher, but I don't know if I trust him enough to be that. But there's a lot of love for Erod in this segment from a lot of people. I would say Erod is the most bold out of the ones he did um, because of the fact yeah. that it's like it's really not even bold about his talent. It's just bold about him staying on the field. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's more than anything else. Like I think I've been bold, bold, bold to say Erod will go the entire year without being on the DL. Like because <laughs> and it's, he's basically turning into Clay Buckles because he I, I don't trust that he's going to stay on the field because the other one the other couple were just like what Craig Kimbrell um, coming to form and being one of the top closers. We know he can do that. He's been that. And then Sandoval hitting yep. two ninety and it's like Sandoval's going to probably hit two ninety the way he's been playing and he and there's a good chance he does do that. Yeah, I mean Jared, you just kind of hit it on the head I think you know it's not I mean I'm gonna go step back for a second and just say that Clay Buckle stayed off the DL last year that Jess and I were correct in saying that um maybe Erod won't be so lucky this year I hope he is just judging from how he's pitched in the spring um 
And if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, he absolutely, absolutely should be a sub three fifty pitcher with without a doubt. And like we've talked about, there's a lot of love for Erod in this segment. And I think if he keeps healthy and he keeps doing what he's doing, he's can, no doubt going to be anywhere. You know, maybe even a really low three. Well, taking it a step further, Mike Setapani <laughs> really thinks he's going to be sub 350 because one of Mike's bold predictions is that Erod is going to be the all-star starter. Whoa! Where did that come from? <laughs> That's like more bold than me saying Clay Buckles is going to win Cy Young last year. <laughs> no, I, all-star starter, I, Erod. I think I think my, uh, my mouth dropped when I saw that, and I was like, wow. I was like, you know, I predicted last season that Blake Swihart would be on the all-star team. I thought that was bold, and... Mike just kind of blows everyone away with this one. Um, definitely bold. Um, definitely a bit of a stretch. But I kind of feel like it's the theme of the show. Crazier things have happened. Um, you never know. And and the thing with the only thing I hate about the All Star game, which I know that we're going to talk about when it's time, is that stupid fan voting. And I don't. And I don't think that whoever is named manager of the AL isn't going to look at Erod and be like, yeah, he's going to start my my American League All-Star game. And, you know, when there's so many other pitchers not discrediting Erod at all. Just but... on your staff. You have Chris Sale, you have Rick Porcell, David Price, but if he comes around. You have three guys just above on the rotation alone that should probably start over him. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on their season, of course. And, you know, we have to wait and see until, you know, that time comes. But... And you think of all the other pitchers, too, in the American League and on the Red Sox staff, like you said. But it's, I think, regardless of the season Erod has up until the All-Star game, regardless if he makes it or not, he's going to be overlooked as a starter simply because he's not an, an ace. Yeah, you exactly know that. I totally agree because, like, Stephen Wright had a really good chance to be the All-Star star last year with the first half he had. And so the same thing's going to happen. If Erod has the, number, the numbers and the stats that Stephen Wright had, he's still not going to be. So I'd give Mike about a .05% chance of that happening, which is great because <laughs> it's a bold prediction. I just think it has absolutely no chance of happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen at all. But, like, you know, with Stephen Wright, they just hate knuckleballers. It happened with Wakefield, too. And then Wayfield didn't even pitch, and either, it's even right. So it, yeah. it's just it's just one of those situations where people get shunned, and it's just, it's the sexy names that people want to hear. <laughs> um, but before we move on, it is time to talk about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get in the action as as March Madness is here. Uh, lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service to that that's been good to me and our listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting so you can make a bet after tip-off as well. I know there's times where you want to make a bet but you forget to. Well, you can do it with them even after the game's already started. Join now. And my bookie will match your first deposit with a fifty dollar for fifty percent bonus. Excuse me, that's right. If you join with a hundred dollars, you're gonna get an extra fifty dollar bankroll to play with. Use our promo code SOX50. That's S O X five zero to activate the offer. Visit my bookie today or call eight four four nine hundred bets. Play, win, and get paid. And of course, Mark Madness is going on during the Sweet Sixteen. Um, so don't forget to check out my bookie to do such things. Um, Jess, let's keep rolling on with these predictions. 
Yeah, we got to go over Adam's other ones. We got to go over all of them, actually. We already did the Benintendi one, but his were probably the craziest, um, which is good. Uh, he said Mitch Moreland's going to hit for 30 homers and 100-plus RBI. I kind of equate that to mine last year with Chris Young hitting 25-plus homers, which he may have been able to do if he didn't get hurt, but he just didn't play enough. Is he insane to think Moreland to hit for 30 or Is this actually possible? Um, I think he's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's not that I don't have faith in Moreland. We know that, you know, he's a gold glove winner. So I have a lot of faith in him on on the field side. But when it comes to the batting side, I just, I don't see him hitting 30 home runs. I can see him 18, 20, maybe 22, I can see. But 30, I just think, is a bit of a stretch. And I, you know, I predicted, you know, Mookie hitting 30 last year. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. But it, it did. So, you know, once again, crazier things have happened. But I I, I think Adam's a little crazy with this one. Um, I, I think he's more crazy about the 30 homers than the 100 RBIs. Um, but I also think that it's crazy because of the fact that he's going to play. He's not playing full-time. Like, he's going to be at first base, but so is Hanley. You know, there's, gonna be, there's not going to be a consistent player um, playing 162 games, playing 140 games. Like, he's splitting time is what we're being told. So getting 30 homers and 100 RBIs might not be as bold if he, if he was going to be your everyday first baseman no matter what, and he was going to get all the playing time, but he's not. So I don't know if there's enough time in his season to get 30 homers and 100-plus RBIs. Yeah, I totally agree, and that's exactly why Chris Young didn't get his 25 homers last year like I thought because he just didn't play enough. So sometimes you just don't get enough at-bats, so that will probably be his problem. But hopefully, hopefully he's successful because he'd be a good addition. Uh, Adam's other one is that Felix Hernandez is going to join Chris Sale in the Red Sox rotation by the trade deadline. Oh, um, that would be, be amazing. That would be insane. Oh. But I see no chance of that happening because we already have Sale for Sale Price, and you have to give up a lot for Felix Hernandez, and we already have a good team, so I really don't think it's going to be necessary. Yeah, it would be great to have Felix Hernandez, but I don't see there's any chance that's happening. Yeah, you'd be emptying no, up I... the entire farm system. Like yeah. whatever you have left of it, be gone. Like he wrote, like he wrote, like Devers, Groom, uh, Travis. Travis. Like that, that's like to start. <laughs> if you're getting Felix Hernandez over here, so it, it is a pipe dream, like he said. But that, I just picturing that makes me want to go crazy right now. Like that'd be amazing. I mean, it absolutely would be amazing. I think it's the probably one of the boldest predictions, if not the boldest, out of our team's article this year. Um, and another thing that I find kind of just not possible about this is regardless of whoever we traded to acquire him do you really think he'd want to be a fourth starter because they go you know porcello sale price hernandez i mean it sounds uh would he be the fourth starter though probably not but like where i mean i guess it depends on you know at the time when we acquired him and how who's pitching how like depending on who's pitching how well they're pitching you know but, I mean, if at this point in time, I think he would be you know, third or fourth, obviously, right now, probably third because of price. But, you know, there's so much that goes into that where somebody like him wouldn't want to be, I think, lower than a two starter. I guess. Um, 
don't know. I just I can't imagine he would even be considered lower than a two starter coming here. He I I mean I could justifiably see him being okay if he took a backseat to Curcell, depending on how he's doing when he comes. Um, but he wouldn't take a backseat to Rick Porcello or David Price, and I can't imagine that he would come here and they would say, "Yep, okay." I mean they don't ever do this, but like, they're not going to tell him you're our number four starter. Like, no, he would be number two at least um, if he did come here. Yeah, we won't have to worry about it because he's not coming here. So let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of Mike's other ones was that Rafael Devers will be a regular starter by July. So Adam thinks they're going to trade Devers for Hernandez. Mike thinks that Devers is going to be a regular starter by July. I like the bold prediction and saying that Devers is going to be a regular starter, but where is he going to play is my question. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see that happening, period. And that's why I love this article. You know, it's bold predictions and we can, you know, dissect them and talk about them every which way, but I just I don't see this one happening. Yeah, this one this one will be a stretch. Um, even for I don't honestly even for bold predictions. I just think there's no spot for him to even consider it. Like with his other ones, you know, like Joe Kelly being the best reliever in the bullpen doable right Erod is bold but like still but Devers there's just no really room for him unless someone got hurt for an entire year or something like that but that's still even tough that's what we're banking on I guess for that to happen so seriously yeah so we'll see if someone gets hurt maybe if they don't forget it um Nick Tasso finally uh David Ortiz will become a special instructor at some point with the team I don't know how bold that is because he could do anything he wants he could come back in the middle of the season if he wanted to. He could come back just for the playoffs if he wanted to. Um, I love that prediction just because it's involving Ortiz and being back with the team. And like you said, I don't think it's that bold, but I definitely see that happening. Yeah, that one, I mean, David Ortiz is more likely to stay in booth, but he's going to be around. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a uniform by playoff time. So um, there, there's nothing really with David Ortiz that's typically that bold if it's involving the Red Sox because he's going to be around. So Yeah, exactly. And finally, Nick thinks that Justin Bedroy is going to have a huge regression from the 2016 season. And as we know, we just talked about, I think he's going to hit 100 RBI. So me and Nick are at odds. So the fight's on. Let's battle. And right. I, hope you, I, hope, I hope you win, Jess, because I don't want to <laughs> see a bad season from Pedroia, especially like you know, we talked about with the absence of Ortiz. He's really going to need to step up that leadership role. And he's always been in that kind of role, I think, even when he started with this team when he was a kid. So... Now at 33, I think now that he's essentially like the veteran, he's going to have to really step up, be that leader, and not have a season where he's going to regress. Yeah, it, I, if Dustin Bedroy has a regressed year, just so God help me. Like, if, if he has a regressed year, then this team is screwed. Let's put it that way. I think it's, people aren't really talking about Pedroia because of everything that's going on with all the pitching and, and, and Sandoval and everything that's going on around the team. He's still a very important piece to this team, guys. And, and moving forward, if it, he this he's still the engine, I think, to this team. And he, if he doesn't move, especially hitting leadoff, you know, this team could be in trouble. Yeah, it happens a lot with the, the Sox. If he doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well, and if he plays well, the team does play well. They kind of they kind of run with on his schedule. So, I mean, in terms of what he does, he's pretty much the only times he's ever regressed in his career is when he's been playing hurt. Every yeah. time he's healthy, he's he's a boss. So I don't see that happening <laughs> unless he get unless he gets hurt. So. So I hope I'm right about that. 100 RBI. Go Pedroia. So that's it for our bold prediction segment. Thank you to everyone who wrote them. Hope you enjoyed us talking about them. They were great as always, so make sure you go check out the entire article because it's probably the biggest gem of the year in my opinion.
Yeah, it's going to keep coming up. It will reference it throughout the entire season. Um, and yep. I know Jess will definitely do that. It's there to reference. It's there to make fun of. It's there to say how people actually were right somehow, um, as we did with Lauren last year. Um, so it's one of those things where we love to do it every year, and, and they obviously do a good job putting it together. Uh, like you said, you can see the rest of it. The whole article, they did a bunch of overs and unders as well, um, and that's all posted. And I like some of the over and unders, so definitely go check them out. It's a good read. Uh, a little lengthy, but that's a good thing. Uh, so take your time and read it. Um, it's definitely a good read for sure. Uh, that being said, we're going to get out of here because we're over our off-season time. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about MLB stuff um, next week. Um, only one more, one more show during spring training as the week from now and two weeks from now we'll be recording after a Red Sox game because it'll be opening day. So we're wow. very, ex- we're very excited to say, that, out. to say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Pray to God it doesn't snow enough that to have that game get snowed out. But, um, don't forget uh, about our good friends over at the Boston Sports Blog of Palooza. It's a networking event where social media, blogging, podcasting, and Boston sports collide with eight events since 2010, attracting over 850 media members, fans, and business people. This year's event will be held on Saturday, March 25th, so this weekend, at the Causeway Restaurant and Bar. Uh, you can register for free at boston.sportsblogapalooza.com. Uh, our very own Jared Weiss and, of course, our founder, Nick Jelsa, will be the keynote speakers at the event. Um, Myself, Lauren, a bunch of us will be there. A lot of bloggers, and I know, will be there. Um, so it's, it's a very good event. So if you're in the area, definitely get to register for it and check it out. We'll be there so you can meet us as well. Um, and, of course, don't forget to follow all, all of us on Twitter at CLNS Radio. Facebook is CLNS Radio uh, as well. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. If you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, that would be phenomenal. Um, Big shout out to those two, Jess and Lauren, uh, this week. We'll be back next week. My name is uh, Jared Scally. This has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.